Hey everybody, welcome back to Megan's Old Office. My name is J.D. Gorlett. I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in Omaha, Nebraska. And I'm joined once again by my good friend Keith Holmes, who is the director of Mission and Small Group Activities. Welcome, good sir. How are you? I am fine, and how are you today? Well, I'll tell you when this is all over. <laughs> how about that? It's completely dependent upon how this conversation goes and how I well, feel about it. I hope I can be an encouragement to well, you and our listeners. I feel pretty confident because we're really proud of what we've done at Megan's Old Office. Uh, we are starting today a new uh, program, a new set. What do we call this? A new, a uh, new series. Epi- series. There's the word I'm looking for. And we're going to be working our way through the book of Acts over the next several weeks, uh, and just under the assumption that there are many people who are listening who don't know their Bibles very well. And if you don't know your Bible very well, welcome. We love having you here. That's the whole reason for doing this podcast, is to educate people and how brilliant the Word is. We're talking about the book of Acts, which is the the fifth book of the of the New Testament. It happens. It, it tells of the events that happen after Jesus was resurrected, after he ascended into heaven. Yep. It basically tells the story of what the first disciples had to do after Jesus left. Right. Right. Exactly. So that's pretty interesting. What happens after the big event, and and that's the book of Acts, and uh, so that's what Keith and I are going to be talking about over the next. I wonder what church would look like if that happened today. Right. You know, people just simply, you know, we get together and then you just got up and walked out. Right. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, go to church. This wait, is, wait, where are you going? We hired is, you to do this. Right. This is the story of what happened after the hero left the scene. Exactly. This is the, like this the, is the happily ever after that you always hear about. Right. Well, this is the sequel to the big movie. All right. You have yeah. The movie, but now the, the hero has left town. And what are you going to do? Now, what? that's a fascinating, the story of the hero. In this yeah. case, Jesus is right. is always fascinating, but here we are going to be talking about what happens after that, right? It's fascinating because, you know, like you said, if you don't know, it, everybody, we we don't know what the first what the first century church. That's the technical term right. people use, the first century right. church. But a lot of people just kind of gloss over it. It's like, well, what was that like? Right. Well, you know, and and so we're going to get to see it and. And as you introduced me as the small groups uh, director here, I'm going to have a lot to say about what this looked I, like. I hope you will, because a good point, point about the phraseology of the first century church, because yeah. you and I, we're in the, uh, you know, here we are in the 21st century, right. and, and we as leaders want to emulate the first century church. Right. Even without, they don't have the technology. Yeah, they don't have iPhones. Right, exactly. Or, yeah. But the spirit of the first century church right. is something that Christian leaders are should and are in many places, certainly here. This is what we're trying to to bring to Dundee, right. that, that kind okay, of element. Okay, I'm going to go. If yeah, we're not even going to get to the Bible I, part, I, right? Yeah, we're going to get right into it. It's because... 21 centuries later, I mean, all of the centuries between Adam and Eve and now are filled with people that need community. Right. Adam was wandering the garden alone, and God himself said, it is not right for man to be alone. Exactly. And so, oh my gosh, we need people in our lives. Right. Now, obviously, he points to Eve, when Eve gets created and things move forward, but but just ever ever since then right it's it's just an, it's built into us that we need 
people in our lives. Right. So what a fascinating thing. And I uh, just, I like I said, I'm going to have a lot to say. Well, it's your job. I mean, this is your calling. This is what you're doing here at Dundee. Mm-hmm. And be, uh, you know, creating small groups, getting people engaged. Uh, this is very much what a- the book of Acts is about. It's very yep. much, you're exactly right. It's very much what the Bible is about. It uh, is, is people engaging with God in personal relationship and engaging with each other. And, and and the two go hand in hand, as we will see as we read through this. Engaging with God is engaging with people, also. Yeah. It, you can't, you know. And I'm I love my Catholic brothers and sisters, and I'm not saying anything bad about the church itself. I'm just saying I never understood the cloister. I never understood separating yourself, moving away from from people. To, to to do it, try to do it on your own. And and maybe they had their own society, I understand, and community in that group, but it just never, I, ne- I never understood it. And right. so because of, of who I am and, and, of course, now what God has called me to do. Well, Acts is a historical book. It tells, the, the, it tells history mm-hmm. of, of the first century church. It's easy for us to look at, at the book of Acts as we go forward as just, oh, well, this is a history book. This is just a recounting of what happened. But that's not what we're doing. We don't want you to listen in that way. I mean, we want you to get the sense of history, right. but we want you to find yourself in the story. W- what we're going to argue for is the fact that it, it is that the things that we see in the book of Acts that happened 2,000 years ago are still things that are happening today. Amen. Uh, the good things are things that we, are, we need to be aspiring to, the good things about the church and about the relationship with God. These are not, these are not things that, for us to just know in a trivial way, right. uh, but are uh, for us to try to create and recreate here and to build upon as we uh, live our lives in modern day times. So when uh, let's open with everybody out there and just be thinking about when has your faith been encouraged by uh, the words of others? Uh, Keith, has anything come to mind from your life where, oh. where the words of others really encouraged your faith? So many times. Yeah. I mean, my life is practically built on the outside locus, as they call it, exterior locus, of people giving me compliments, of, of encouraging me. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, I don't do it well for myself because I see, you know, it, you know, all right, now we're getting into psychology if I'm not careful here, but, you know, I always see myself <laughs> Tell me as about that, your mother. Right, exactly. <laughs> I always see myself as that, you know, 13, 14-year-old, chubby, pimply-faced teenager, and that's that's the image. Never mind that, you know, that's not who I am that right. anymore and things like that, but that's who I, and so when people, when and that's one of my love languages, you know, Dr. Chapman's book, The Five Languages of Love, Five Love Languages, Meaningful Words, or, or, or words, words of Encouragement, encouragement. Yeah, Words of Encouragement yeah. are one of my that's languages. Yeah. It's one of my languages, and so it's probably the predominant one. So would you say you have a com- constant appetite for Oh, absolutely. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You need to hear, you need to hear right. that. Our faith, our faith needs to to hear uh, words from others right. to encourage that. Faith. Absolutely. Uh, and that's the faith not unusual. and my faith is definitely encouraged when others talk of their experiences when um you know I I when I was when I was a young Christian and I just did air quotes that you couldn't see audience. Um, when I was young Christian, I I was you know listening to the words of of the pastor in our church and it was it I just I I remember that time as a time of just learning absorbing. I was a sp- Sponge for the word, yeah. and he and he just would in the way he did the the sermons, the way we talked in private. I was constantly being encouraged by him in my faith. My walk go. 
exponentially grew at that yeah, time. Very good. For me, one of the worst years of my life was about five years ago, and I it was um, but it was also one of the best years of my life because i had i was surrounded my wife and i and my family were surrounded by people of incredible faith and so on a daily basis i'm trudging through this difficult year and then now i look back on it 5 years ago 5 years ago while i was going through it was this a terrible year now yeah. i look back on it as this glorious year because of the people that were around yep. and the words that they had to say the truth that they had to share you know, I'm sitting there day to day trying to, to believe, trying to trust, trying to find comfort in my relationship with God. And God helped me with that by putting people in my life. That's how God works. Absolutely. You know? And like I said, um, that, go, that, that whole relational thing goes hand in hand. We were in relationship with God and people because that's the way it was designed, I think. So, well, we're going to start with... Uh, I just want everyone to know we're recording this four years into his time here at Dundee, that this was not at Dundee. If you're listening no, in no, the future, right. was, uh, I just want everyone to know, if you're listening to this, it's like, whoa, what happened when he got there that's five we, years? No. That's what we call a, a disclaimer yeah. right there. That's good. Thank you, Keith. Uh, yeah, thank you for that disclaimer. Uh, so we're gonna, we're starting right up uh, at the beginning, a good place to start, as they say, uh, the book of Acts, chapter 1. Uh, verses 1 through 11. Keith is going to read uh, those 11 verses. What do you have for us to be thinking about while you read? So while I read, I really want you guys to listen to what does Jesus tell the disciples? There's a couple of verses in here where Jesus speaks to the disciples, and I really want you to kind of catch those as I read. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up on a cloud and took, taken out of sight. While he was going, they were gazing up toward heaven. Suddenly, two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven." I love this part, that, that end, by the way. We'll yeah. get back to this in a minute. They're right. just standing there looking up, and they have to be interrupted <laughs> from just standing there looking up at the clouds. You Can know? you imagine their jaws scene. just hanging unhinged, right. basically open? Well, that's it, isn't it? That's you're, what they're doing. You're, they're watching their good friend, who they've known for three years. Their Lord and Savior. Their Lord and Savior, but the Holy Spirit hasn't come yet, right? right? What so a they're not. The church. We're just yeah. standing here looking up at the sky. Yeah. Mouths again. We'll get back to that in a minute, but yep. to your first question, what does Jesus tell 
the so what does he tell the disciples? He tells them a lot. I mean, just get kind of foist up a couple of things. Really stands out uh, to to me. If you all, if you're reading along, you got your Bibles. Uh, if you're driving, uh, pull over before breaking out your Bibles. By the way, uh, he, Jesus in verse four says. Um, uh, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. Let's just pause there for a minute. Right. Don't go anywhere. They don't do anything. It's almost right. like he's a dad telling the kids, <laughs> don't just mess with the radio. Just sit there. Don't touch anything. Just <laughs> can you just do that? Just stay in Jerusalem. I mean, he's got to tell them. I, I, it's funny. Sometimes oh, the Bible I, is really funny. I grew up in I grew up in a family with two brothers. <laughs> I think of every road trip we ever took, my father, don't touch one another, don't cross the line, <laughs> I but know, right? tape down. It, this is what he's saying. We were at Disney World with our kids when they were ki- when they were, we were young, right? and we're in line for something, and they're, they're just bickering and picking at each other, and I don't know, it just came out of my mouth. I said, all you have to do, there's nothing at all. And you can't even do that. You can't even do I was nothing. so exasperated. All you have to do is stand there, and you guys can't do that. And it was one of those dad moments. That, you know, I can't <laughs> and here we see, saying that, but, you know, I don't. And here we see our Lord and Savior doing it, so obviously you were justified, right? Well, no, it, but seriously. In all, in, in all truth, how hard is it as a Christian for you not to get itchy, to, to oh. just stay there when God tells you. Nigh just, on impossible for you know me. What I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. You know, be still and know that I am God, the psalm says. Right. Uh, you know, be st- and I've always said that sounds so simple. All I gotta do is be still. Think about how incredibly hard that has been in your life to do, right? Just just saying the words makes me twitchy. Yeah, my left so my, my knee starts bouncing. First thing, first thing Jesus says is stay in Jerusalem and wait. Stay in Jerusalem, don't do anything. Then if we drop down uh, to verse seven, he says, "It's not for you." They ask him, "Hey, is this the time of the kingdom? To, you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel?" And he starts. He says, "It's not. It's not for you to know." So yeah. first of all, stay here. Don't do anything. In in and you don't need to know everything. I mean, I would argue this is pretty tough for a guy to hear, for us to hear. Oh, you know, absolutely. You know, why? I, what I, is it about us, Keith, that makes these things hard? You know, we we want. I, I you said this last Sunday in in your sermon. Um, it, it, we want to add. We want to help God. We want to be the ones to do stuff for God. And in by doing so, really kind of take over for God. Exactly. And that's what these guys have been doing all along. I mean, the question itself tells us that they didn't understand what right. Jesus was doing here because they asked, is now the time you're going to restore right. the kingdom? It's like, I could just see him, his, his head drop to, you know, his chin drop to his chest going, no, right. this is not what I came for. Right. I think of people listening. I want there's, there's got to be people out there listening in some kind of situation in their life. And Jesus is saying, okay, I'll use Keith as an example. Keith, you're in some situation in your life. I don't know, whatever. And 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 it could be something really, really difficult. I'm just using your name here. Right. And so Jesus comes along and says, basically, to these guys, to you, to anybody listening, you know, this is easy. All you got to do is wait. Yeah, just settle. Just find your peace in me. Right. Wait. Stay here. Don't touch anything. You know, you can ask questions, but don't worry with if you don't know stuff. He's saying that in verse seven. Right. It's not time for you to know the times and the places. It's not for you to know this. This sounds really easy, and yet we know from experience that it's incredibly. Hard. Is this time? Is it, are you going to do it now? Are you going to do it now? Is there something I can do? Is there somewhere I can go? 
How many people are in? Everybody, everybody has done this. If you are not in the story now, check your pulse, right? I mean, seriously. If, get real with your... Get right, honest for crying right. out loud. Do you know what I'm saying? We all, we all to... To a degree, obviously, in many, you know, in, with so many people, we are all doers. Right. There are some that are probably more thinkers than doers, uh, but eventually, we all get to a point where we need to do something. Right. And that, and and sometimes God doesn't want us in that attitude. We pick the wrong time, like these guys have. Well, and He says, the Holy Spirit, you will receive the Holy Spirit. Key word here, you're not going to go find the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's right. going to find you. We'll right. talk about that later on in another episode coming up. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon them. Right. Uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't need help finding you. So here's more stuff. Wait, don't touch anything. You don't have to know everything. You're going to get what you need. This applies to all of us in, in today, right here. Right. There's more value, and I think you've done a great job here talking about the, our human nature about assuming that we need to do stuff, add to it, help God. But, right. You know, God's done, gone part way, but he needs my brilliant uh, uh, advice and contribution to the project. No, he doesn't. <laughs> what he needs you to do is shut up, wait, and then and, and receive. That's hard. Oh, my gosh, yes. That is so hard. Isn't it right? Yep. And so one of the questions I was going to ask, but I think you've already nailed it, is, you know, what condition does Jesus leave the disciples? He leaves them in a place where they need to just wait right and they need to let go of that instinct to to help god and he know. helped I, I i laughingly say he really kind of helped them out in that by ascending on a cloud <laughs> you right. know they they're speechless yeah. standing real still right, right. They, you know that's the condition is they're finally silenced right and they are they are now waiting because they've just seen this last miracle and here we come back around thank you very much to this this to me is i just think this is comical i mean i just really whenever i read this passage for myself or in a group i always want to paint the picture here are the 11 guys judas is gone because right. uh, he betrayed jesus and then committed suicide there's only 11 of them and they're standing there which we previously referenced just staring up to heaven jesus has been ascended and they just they don't uh -huh. go anywhere. They just stand there and look up into the clouds. And they actually have to be interrupted by the angels. I mean, imagine a deal where, where <laughs> Jesus comes up, the, the son comes to heaven and is, is with the father. And the first thing the son says to the father is, you know, you're going to have to send a couple angels down there <laughs> to break up the party because those guys aren't going to go anywhere until you do. I mean, that's or, or is it God waiting for him when he finally gets back? God goes, Look what! Look at your buddies down there. <laughs> they're, not, they're not moving. They're not even animating. They're not moving they're just at all. Standing so, there, you know, he staring. Says to Michael and Gabriel, you know, guys, get down there and and break them up, them up. Break them up. <laughs> scatter them. But isn't this a you know? So here's the you know we've already talked about the value of waiting and right. and being patient and and uh, you know accepting your condition. They're perhaps overdoing it. Uh, you know, sitting there, they can't even comprehend going forward without their Lord. Right. Uh, he was back. For such a short, I mean, forty days is the is right. the number they give Before in the Bible, right? right? That there's a lot of forty days, so a lot of experts believe it's just a time happened. Right. Who knows? Who it, knows exactly? But yeah. but he was there for a time. I mean, again, I go back to that question um, back in verse six. You know, is this the time, Lord? They are. They are. They watched him die on a cross. 
they were they were there in the upper room together when he resurrected and showed himself to them. Yeah. And now they're like, this is it. This is the guy. They went from pure and utter despair to pure and utter joy. And you know they had to be feeling like, all right, now Jesus is going to give it to them. Yeah, now Now's I, the time. Right. And in other words, now I know what's going to happen next in my life. Right. I know what God's doing. Yep. Uh, and then, wait a minute. It, this isn't going the way exactly. And what then I he thought, then he know? raises up into heaven on a cloud, and you're like, no, 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 wait, 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 what, the, what, what? <laughs> it's not part of my plan, right? Right. This is yes. And the, even the fact that it's not part of their plan isn't a problem. It, nope. It's part of God's plan, and that's what matters. But how hard you say that like that's easy, I'm dude. Better than you're you, like, I'm better than you at this, Keith. You're Just like, watch you're like. Oh, it's not a part of their plan. It's a part of God's plan. Yeah, that's right. God's Everybody, plan. Yeah. And it's how much, I'm how many of us, I'm, how many of us I, sit there and say, no, God, it's my plan. I'm the worst at it. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm the worst. I can preach it because I stink at it. Okay, right. So there you go. There, there well, you go. I know from where I, from what I speak. Right. right? Sometimes I, I can speak. stand up and preach something because I'm good at it. Right. Most of the time when I preach, <laughs> it's because I stink at it. I mean, sir, that's what that's my qualification. So hopefully you're convicting yourself, uh, or the word is convicting you as you prepare right. these as you prepare these speeches. When I inter- interviewed for this job, the thing that really swung the committee to hire me was me saying, you know, the great thing about me is I stink at literally everything. <laughs> you're all and gonna look good. <laughs> I can make everybody feel better about themselves. <laughs> all right, so uh, now we're going to move on from the first eleven uh, verses. We're gonna f- close out the uh, chapter, uh, f- uh, first chapter of. Acts, but we're just going to paraphrase this part. You can read it on your own, and we encourage you to do this. Mm-hmm. We just want to kind of save time because we always like to have our episodes be about a half an hour. So now the the church uh, re- that it is, the, the the leaders, there's 11 of them. There are many more people, more yes. than 11, that are attached to the church who are followers of Christ. We don't know how many, but there were many. Right. Um, and we don't know how big the church is, but they retreat from this place after Jesus has ascended. And uh, they are together. The Holy Spirit, as you've pointed out, has not yet come back, come to them. That's next week, by the way. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, but they are together. And now they, in the next uh, several verses of chapter 1, they decide that they need to replace Judas. And uh, because Judas is gone, he was one of the 12, he betrayed uh, Jesus and then decided to commit suicide. Uh, and now there's 11, and they decide they need to replace uh, Judas. And so they, they talk about it, and they, they, they arrive upon two candidates. One of them has three names. His name is Barsabbas, uh, who's also known as Joseph, and who was also known as Justice. So the guy had three names. We're going to call him Justice, <laughs> all right, J-U-S-T-U-S. And then the other man was named Matthias. And then they threw uh, cast lots, which is kind of like a dice scheme. Uh, we've seen this a couple of times in Scripture, particularly at the foot of the cross, right. yep. when the, uh, the the soldiers cast lots for Jesus' clothes. The lot falls to Matthias. Matthias gets chosen, gives the, gives the honor of being one of the 12, the replacement for Judas. And justice is, to a certain extent, in a certain way, rejected from that role, for lack of a better word, right. uh, and they go forward with Matthias being one of, of the 12 disciples, right. and Justice not being one of those 12 disciples. Um, and so, uh, you know, they're together, uh, the Holy Spirit's not upon them. Keith, I'm queuing you up, man. There we go, uh, you here are, we go. You are the director of small groups and mission activities. Why is it important for them to be together? Well, because... The devil prowls around like a hungry lion, yeah, and and if you have you. ever 
ever watched nature documentaries about lions, they weed out the single animal. Their prey is the animal that's out alone. Yes, sometimes it's old, sometimes it's weak, but they will really, really, really look for that single animal. And go ahead. No, it's just very interesting that they have the ability as a church to scatter into individual corners right. and isolate. Right. They do that, have that as an option and right. they don't do that because no. of some of the things that, you know, they see the, the value of being together. Right. right? And, and, and although the Holy Spirit hasn't come upon them, he's still guiding and directing them, right? The Holy Spirit is always with us. Right. We just don't notice him all the time, so to speak. Right. And so, so here it is, you know, they are, they are, they, you're absolutely right. The potential for them to scatter, run, hide, go back to fishing, go, you know, not even think about it. Look for the next Messiah that's right. coming along. You know, there's you know there were lots of quote unquote Messiahs running around or proclaiming themselves to be the Messiah. Potential distractions. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So there's this stuff going on, but but the Holy Spirit holds on to them and keeps them together, bands them together, and and honestly, it's just to me, it's just such a perfect you know a picture of community even though we don't have the holy spirit yet got you know in our lives working with us he's still guiding and directing us so get together work together and and yeah you ask the wrong questions sometimes or sometimes you're not focus isn't wrong but that's what other people will help you do because all of these guys i mean you know and we're going to be talking about some of these things or have talked about like thomas uh you know didn't right. really believe that jesus had returned yet yeah. and and his friends were like no really it right. happened right. if he was left alone to himself he would he would have walked away from his faith. I the feel the community. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. You, that's a great yeah. example. The community came and got him, right, and held him together. Right. And you know, a couple of things that comes come to mind as far as you know, Keith is in charge of building community groups, small groups, and he's mm-hmm. just doing a great job of of really facilitating mission and activity in small groups here at Dundee. And you know, groups. Uh, whether it be small groups or the church, they are a beginning place for faith. They are a place where you can come Mm -hmm. when you don't have faith yet, where you don't know who you are, you don't know anything about Jesus Christ, and yet they can also be a place where you do know where that faith can be sustained. Right. It it can be a beginning place for faith and should be, and it can be a continuing place uh, for faith, and it should be, and and, and it is. And there's so many times, and I know you've run into these folks, I've had people say to me, particularly as a, as a pastor, they'll be like, well, you know, pastor, I believe in God, but I don't want to go to church. I don't right. like the church. I don't like Organized the politics. Organized religion. Organized so, yeah. religion. I don't like the politics. Of it. And then there's some, there's some uh, legitimate criticism of the church. Let's face facts. It is yeah. not a perfect entity. I won't say that. I won't say that it is. But there are things that can only happen when believers gather together and, and do it uh, in a dedicated way, um, a purposeful way, uh, people will say to me, well, I believe in God. I see God out when I'm out in nature. I right. see God out on the golf course. I see right. God out when I'm fishing. And I, or I'm at the Grand Canyon. I travel and I see God out there in the beauty of nature. Yeah, you do. I'm not denying that at all. And this is what the church could have become here in Acts chapter 1. I'm just going to scatter. I've heard yeah. about Jesus, and now I'm just going to DIY it. I'm going to do it myself right. uh, the rest of the way. And and while, uh, while we can get a lot out of that on our own, there is no substitute for community. No. There's no substitute for being around other believers, hearing those stories, and uh, growing and learning from that. 
Alcoholics Anonymous uh, realize that an, an addict in, in, in isolation is not going to make it. No, they they all, have to be. They go back to, to where they started. They go right back to where they were. They they go back to the comfort of right. of alcohol. And and nine times out of ten, I'm guessing it's at a bar with other alcoholics. Right. It's their community. Right. It's the community. We all choose community. Yeah. It's which community are we choosing? Is it going to be healthy? Is it going to be a healthy community or is it going to be a harmful community? For our faith. Right. right. Now, and, and for our, our our condition too, right? Not just our faith, but yes, very important, but also our human condition is like if we're focused on ourselves and alcohol, for example, that's detrimental. Yeah. It's detrimental to your health and it's also detrimental to your 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 person. Right. And so... So yeah, why why choose that when you can choose a group of people that you know right. have something in common in the way of God uh, that is God. The first century church in this chapter is being confronted with the importance of community, the importance of hanging on each other, depending upon each other, right. waiting, being peaceful. God is with them. It's right. kind of hard for them to see, but it's the community that helps to keep them strong, helps to bolster them while they don't have everything figured out. Amen. While everything is not finished, while everything Amen. is tumultuous, they still are in community and they're still able uh, to be strong together, much more so than than apart. And that's the point of this. You know? And I, you, you, you mentioned something to me, and I really kind of want to make sure we cover this. It's what's the difference between Justice and Matthias? These two characters in yeah. this story. Now they're real people, obviously. Right. Sorry, I shouldn't call them characters. These two people in this story intrigue me because. What did Matthias have that Justice didn't have, or what didn't Justice have that Matthias had? Right. And the, Why and the script, one or the other? And it stands out. It's conspicuous. It, it, it does not tell us. So right. if you play the part of Matthias and I play the part of Justice, right. then here's this job, this great honor to be one of the 12 disciples, and you are chosen by lot, and I am rejected right. from that position. Right. But that doesn't mean that I do not have a relationship or a valuable role to play. Right. But it does mean that I'm going to have to be challenged to embrace a, 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 a different role. Uh, I didn't win the Oscar, yeah. but I'm still going to have to tell myself, oh, that's all right. I, my work is valuable. It's right. important. It's just not this calling. And you, being Matthias, you're called into this role of discipleship. You have the challenge of ego. Oh, well, you know, you're confronted with that. And you better get that in the garbage right. can really fast. Really, or God will do it for you. Because I've the found. calling for everybody as a disciple is to suffer for Christ. Absolutely. Whether you're, whether you're one of the 12 apostles and I'm not, right. we're still called to lead. We're still called to give. We're still called to proclaim. And it's going to be a suffering. It's going to be a struggle, no matter who it is. We don't know anything else about these two guys at right. all, right. other than other this than story. Yep. And the Bible masterfully leaves it to us to speculate. And then as we speculate, it does, it's, there's no trouble at all for us to remember those times where someone else got the job that we wanted. Yep. Someone else got the girl or the or the, the break or right. the whatever, that we had our hearts set, that someone else yep. was chosen and we were quote-unquote rejected. Do we... How do we drop back from that? How does how does Matthias go forward in right. that success, and how does Justice go forward in that rejection? See, and you know? to me, I don't think Justice left the community. I, I don't I, think I, so either. I don't think he gave up on Christianity and said, "Well, if they don't want me, I don't want them." Yeah, but I how think, many people have? Right. You know. But also, how many nights did he spend? dwelling on it, right? These are the questions that we have. I'm putting myself in the story, and I hope others come along with me when you realize 
you don't just throw everything away and throw your hands up and storm out because you're because you're in this situation, especially in a Christian community, because God is working right. and, and and He will show you if you hang in there, He will show you that that wasn't your spot. Right. Justice, you know, I, I honestly believe Justice went on to a great ministry doing things that nobody else could do right. except him because of God's anointing on him. So how cool is it when you don't get what you want? You got to remember that and you got to stay in community with these same people that may have hurt your feelings. Right. They didn't it remember they threw lots. They cast lots, the Bible says. That is God directing the choice. That's right. not luck. That's not right. um, f- you know, fortune or coincidence. Right. When you cast lots in this situation, God d- determined the outcome. Right. And, and therefore... So remember that. That's what I guess I really want to always remember, and f- especially from the story, is, is that I may not get what I want, but God's going to give me what I need, right. and what that was may have been an unhealthy desire. I think you're absolutely right about just, I, justice. Justice w- was successful in ministry after this. We don't know that. We don't have that, but I believe that. And I will tell you, along the same lines of what you said, the only thing that would have kept that from happening is justice. Right. Is if his attitude was, I'm going to take my ball and bat and go home because I didn't get the get right. what I wanted. Absolutely. And now we're in the story. But there's danger for Matthias, too. I mean, it is the danger of ego. I occupy this title, and it's my job to lord it over everyone. Right. Okay, everybody's in this story. Yeah. Everybody's been in that position, and the Christian, regardless of if, whether or not we are Matthias or Justice, it's the same thing. We receive these roles, we receive these rejections with trust, with faith, with humility, and we make it the best it can be. Yep. You know, uh, and that's challenging whether you get chosen or not. Amen. You know, well, this has been Acts chapter one from Megan's Just chapter old one. Just chapter one. We cooked a, we cooked a whole bunch of up for you here, and we will be back with you for uh, chapter two next week. Look forward to it, man. Take care, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office. Brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at megansoldoffice at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.